Sacramento. Welcome to the program. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. This is Sacktown Sports 1140. We got you for four hours. So strap in, enjoy yourself. Always wear your seatbelt if you're driving. Right, Chris? Big seatbelt guy? Uh, Yeah, always. Okay. My dad was such an anti seatbelt guy that he ripped the sensors. He got what? a new truck and he ripped the sensors out of the, so it wouldn't beep at him when That's he didn't have it school. on. That's old school. Being like yeah. actively anti-seatbelt. He like was it's a It's one thing to just say like, ah, oh, yeah, like I get it. You're telling me to wear a seatbelt. I don't really feel like it. But yeah. then to like go out of your way to to, to try and well, cause he was, know, he, fight against the seatbelt. He'd seat get belt. annoyed by yeah. the beeping sound. So For sure. I mean, yeah. I can imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was definitely up. old school. Just, just buckle up. He That's wore okay. ripped jeans and a bandana before that was like cool. The bandana was just to keep the sweat yeah. and the ripped jeans was because he was cheap and didn't yeah. want to buy new <laughs> jeans. But then he would like when the rappers were wearing bandanas and then the rockers were wearing ripped jeans, yeah. he claimed that. He started, started them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. They got it from him. Uh, we got a great show for you coming up at ten fifteen. Let's drink some more cowboy tears, shall we? We're not going to be able to do it forever. If we, if the Niners do see the Cowboys again, it'll be in the playoffs. And there's just some great sound of just like, are you a mic'd up guy? I love mic'd up. Yeah, for sure. I, I like some of it, most of it. Um, but then you always get the, you know, the the just non nonsense you know uh mic'd ups where it's just you know them clapping hey good good run out there good run yeah. out. like i like it when it's in the huddle and you actually hear something as For opposed sure. to you know just the generic clapping and hey good job guys well yeah i mean some guys i don't even know why they mic yes, them up exactly. or do they change their behavior because they know they're being mic'd right, up exactly but in this one debo either didn't know he was mic'd up didn't or care. didn't care didn't that he care. was mic'd up. Just didn't care. Either way. So we'll listen to that. And, um, yeah, so Debo and then also just in general, just the – I mean, that beatdown, I swear, it's like it's going to get talked about until games are played again yep. next week because I think it was just – you know what I think it was? It was just the anticipation going into the game because mm-hmm. the Cowboys started off like such gangbusters and, like, you know, they've, they've played each other in the playoffs the past right. couple of years – and then for it to just be not even a close game, I think it's why it's, you know, catching yeah. so much attention. Yeah. If that game had been closer, I think people would have looked at it and go, oh, okay, well, they're sure. in there. It was in San Francisco. and But the fact that it was such a blowout, yeah. just everybody's freaking out. Talking about Dak being done in Dallas. Yeah. That's how bad it was. Well, I think that's a, a lot of it is the fact that it's the Cowboys who are now, you know, down on the, on their luck. And I think – you know, people are always going to take that opportunity to hop on op, hop on that train of, of piling on the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, they don't have to worry about it because they won the game. But I, I would suspect that the same thing probably would have happened if the 49ers would have lost. People would have been, you know, killing the killing the Niners, killing Brock Purdy, and then having conversations about if the That's Cowboys true. were going to be Super Bowl contenders. That's so, true. Uh, you know, it's, it's to be expected with how this media cycle works. But... Uh, yeah, you know, for for 49ers fans, just be glad that uh, you ended up on the right side of that history. And uh, yeah, I mean, for for them, it's 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 really now just on to the next one. Yeah, for sure. And I I, I saw this and I was a little. I guess it it's not that surprising, but Brock Purdy's the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to start five and zero in his first two seasons. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, is that, that incredible? Su- that wouldn't surprise me. That's think. incredible. When I, mean, I first yeah. saw it, I thought it was. But now I'm thinking five and zero is pretty tough. But it's yeah, I mean, tough. like no, especially to start your career. That means I mean, a lot of guys who are drafted 
Yeah, see, you that's know, the day thing. One, they they're not in winning situations. Peyton Manning had an awful Terrible. rookie Terrible. season. So yeah, for your first two, that means you got to come out like gangbusters. Yep. And I remember gotta we had a, a stat. We had a stat about Brock that I think only Roethlisberger has more starts to or more wins to start their mm. career. So m- maybe you would have thought Roethlisberger would have done that, but he might have just done that in his first year, and then in his second year he didn't go five and zero. Going five and zero is tough. Four and one, or yeah, something. yeah, for sure. That's impossible. Um, I mean, that's incredible. And so Kittle, who's had quite the week, yeah. Chris, yeah. Um, uh, you know, a, a very uh, what do you want to call it? Um, controversial T-shirt that he had <laughs> underneath his jersey. Some yeah. people. Thought that, you know, the kids should be, you know, uh, cover their eyes when it comes to swear words and stuff like that. But here he is on Bay Area Radio defending Brock. We're going to hear We're going to hear a couple sounds here. We're going to hear Kittle defending. We're also going to hear Dan Orlowski. That was better. Better. That was better. That was like a 75 yeah. percenter. Yeah. I feel I, like I, you do it better when Whitey's here because the pressure. Oh, yeah. He puts it on me. Player. Yeah. Yeah, so. for sure. All right. Well, here he is on Bay Area Radio. When you hear Dan Orlovsky say Mac Jones would be doing the same thing he does, does that? You know what? I saw that this morning. Yeah. That's, that's disrespectful to Brock Purdy. If Mac Jones was in San Francisco, he would be playing like Brock Purdy. I actually agree. Oh, I, God, no. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, You man. know, just, just go. Look, and I think Mac Jones is a fine quarterback. Yeah. Uh-huh. Currently what Brock's doing, you look at his stats, you look, just watch the tape. Like, people just say, oh, I see his stats. I see some of the things they talk about on Sunday Night Football. No, like just watch him move in the pocket. Watch some of these throws that he's making. Sure, is there room for improvement? There's room for improvement on all of us. We can all get better. The reason that Brock gets, you know, the, it's all focused on him is he's a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, and we're 5-0. and It's one of the most historic franchises. There's always a quarterback, some type of, not controversy, but someone wants to say something about the 49ers quarterback, and that's what right. we've talked about. Right. Okay, so let him talk about it. Just watch the tape and watch what he does every single game. It's phenomenal. Say no let more. Let the kid play. Let the kid cook. And wow. I think that's what we've been saying all week is yeah. just watch watch the film. Watch the games. Yeah. People are telling on themselves. It's become very, very clear. You can tell who out there is really watching these games and who's maybe just watching highlights or, you know, who's not even watching the games and just looking at the numbers. You can blatantly tell because, yeah, it makes sense. You know, you, you look at Brock Purdy's numbers. They don't jump off the page. It's not ever, you know, he had four touchdowns last week, but mm-hmm. very rarely is it a – Four touchdown, 350-yard game where, you know, he's throwing for 50 times and completing 30-plus completions. Mm-hmm. It's And so you have to watch the games to really appreciate what he is doing. And, and you know, I, I love to hear, and I'm sure the 49ers organization, or, or Brock Purdy at least, loves to hear his guys like George Kittle stepping up for him. And it's just been tons of that. And I, I'm sure that they all can't wait for the day where they don't have to have to uh, you know publicly defend their quarterback, but it's it's just a great sign. And another you know if you're doing the is Brock Purdy legit checklist, it's it's a great thing to be able to check off that every single one of his teammates to a T, Debo and and now Kittle and and you know people have been waxing poetic about Brock for for weeks now, mm-hmm. but it's just great to hear his teammates also validate it because you know it's a it's corny, it's a cliche, but. What really matters is what the guys in the locker room think. We can all out here talk about, oh, does Brock have this or does X quarterback, is he able to lead this team? Mm-hmm. Our opinions don't really matter. It's what those guys in the locker room really think that matters. For sure. And I, I, I get a sense now. I mean, granted, we consume most of the Niners coverage, yeah. so I'm not sure exactly what it is in other cities, but I feel like you'd be hard-pressed to find another 
bunch of teammates that like their quarterback yeah. as much as the Niners like Brock. And I yeah. think part of that That's a great point. I think part of that is what's tied into why he's slept on or underrated or disrespected or whatever. I think even with the teammates, they're just so shocked that that guy is now their franchise quarterback that I feel like it like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's almost because like if he was a if he was a top five pick or something, they'd probably still love him. Sure. But I feel like they love him even more because he's quote unquote Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, I mean he he's homegrown and they understand that, yeah, nothing was given to him. And who doesn't love that story? Especially, For sure. Especially again, like the guys in that locker room, they understand. They saw it all happen in real time. Brock mm-hmm. go from this guy who was throwing balls with the practice squad, and I'm sure he caught some people's eyes during that, and they were like, Man, that kid can really throw. Yeah. Like, you know, we've got Jimmy, we've got Trey, but, yeah. like, did you see what that kid in practice squad's doing? And to to watch him grow and evolve in real time in front of their eyes, I think they just have a real appreciation and respect for Brock that really isn't common at all. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, especially at that position, so much of the quarterback position is just – given to you it's spoon-fed I mean look at guys the retreads in the NFL that get opportunity on opportunity mm-hmm. spoon-fed to them while everyone else on the field every other position has to fight every single day yeah. to keep their jobs I think is there's a real respect factor with Brock that just doesn't to your point like it I don't think it exists with most quarterbacks around the league where the team legitimately loves respects and believes in the guy that they have under center there's of course you know the the rest of the guys that you could probably say that about are the most elite quarterbacks in the nfl which of course they're going to have their team's respect yeah for sure and i just think you know when when the draft goes down obviously if you're on the team you're watching the draft right so so they see trey lance go they're like wow Wow. we traded all that to go up to three to get trey lance Mm -hmm. so when he comes to training camp or anything else or he's in the locker room you're focusing on like okay what's this guy got yeah we traded a lot for this guy he better bring it Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the guy that you probably weren't even thinking about i don't even know if you're on the team do you watch the seventh round but i mean that (laughs) guy's in there and then all of a sudden they're on the practice field and they're going this guy is a lot better than that guy. Yeah. He was drafted way later. So, again, I think that that adds to their appreciation. Well, what does not need to be added to in terms of appreciation is how much Debo loves his quarterback. Yeah. And he was mic'd up for the game, so we'll get to some sound from that. And also, we'll just put a bow on drinking Cowboys tears. We'll do it for the final time. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. If we play him again, then maybe we'll do it <laughs> some more. Uh, he's Chris Watkins. I'm Zachariah. This is Sacktown Sports, 1140. Sacktown Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Welcome back, Sacramento. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. This is Sacktown Sports 1140. Forgot to give out. See, Jason is um, much better at logging out <laughs> than uh, Carmichael Davis. Yeah. So usually all that stuff is still up here, including his account, which I could use and abuse, but I would never do such a thing. Anyways, uh, 916-339-1140. Nailed it. Boom. That's where you can call or text or check us out on YouTube. Just search, as I'm doing right now, Yep. just search Sacktown Sports and you can watch the show. There we go. Look at us. Got the chat going already. Yep. Nice orange hoodie. Yes, sir. From young Chris. I got my elongated golf shirt that's when you know it's winter time yeah, you know it's exactly. not just the cutoff polo nope 
Got to go full sleeve now that we are entering fall. Um, Coming up bottom of the hour, I know everybody was terrified on whether or not Fox or Sabonis would be in the, well, I guess they didn't do 1 through 50. They did 50 through 10. 11, yeah. 11, there you go. Uh, but they did get in there, and there's a guy very familiar right around there, mm-hmm. which I think they... I noticed that, too. I feel like they did that just that for the people of Sacramento, wasn't it? I think so. I didn't like that. So we'll go <laughs> We'll go over that. Plus, did you know, Kings have a top 10 player in the league, clearly. Mm. So sure? I, I mean, I haven't seen him so far, and gotcha. there's only 10 to go. Right, so it just makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Mm. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll get into that, plus a new Kings documentary... Uh, we could actually we might we might save that for later because I'm I want to pick your brain because I I remember hearing things here and there but I wasn't in Sacramento when all of that when them oh when them almost leaving went yeah. down so I'd like to get it straight yeah, from sure. uh, straight from your mouth but right now Debo you know him he is the standout wide receiver slash running back for the Niners yeah. Hasn't Utility been, hasn't been doing as much running no. this time. No. You don't uh, need to year, with McCaffrey. For sure. But here he is. You just got to hear him on the sideline. Just loving everything that Brock does. And a lot of this, it's, it's already it's already edited, so don't worry about it. Thank goodness. And you're not going to be able to understand that much of it, but it'll just show you you can fill in the blanks of where it gets muted. Birdie back. Time. Steps around from DeMarcus Lawrence. Throws for the end zone. Caught by George Kittle. Here's an end around and a flea flicker back to Brock Purdy. Takes a shot down the sideline to George Kittle. Kittle all the way to the end zone. Boy! Go, go! Let's go! What's up, man? They're going to give it. No, it's a play action. Purdy going to roll left, throw for the end zone. Caught by George Kittle. You are down. You are down, boy. Where's yeah. Debo from? Uh, I know he went to Ole Miss, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if he's from that area or not. Okay, because the terminology is different. Because every single time he called him a dog. Yes. Now, oftentimes there was a swear word before that. But He's from South Carolina. Okay, yeah, that must be a Southern thing. Yeah. Kept calling him a dog. South Carolina. I swear he went to Ole Miss. Because, like, we say dog. We'll be like, what's up, yeah, dog? what's up, dog? But, like, he's saying it like you're a dog. Like, yeah. you're like a vicious I mean, animal. Never, you know what I mean? Nah, yeah, I don't think that's that's like a – like, that's just, you know, the the kids these days say that all the time. You know, you got that dog in you. That's that's absolutely a thing. I don't okay. think that's a regional thing. All right, because I'm i talking more from, like, my era was, like, Snoop right. Dogg, what up, dog, stuff like that. But you can tell the way that he's saying it is, like, you're a beast. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? I mean, and I, I, I want to take it back because I said beforehand I don't like the, the – uh, Mic'd ups when it is only like a yeah, let's go. Du-. Yeah, I think I changed my tune, and it's just <laughs> football is so much better than than basketball mic'd up, and that's more what I was thinking. Like the basketball mic'd ups are pretty useless for the most part, pretty much. But yeah. like that, you get the raw, real emotion of for again, sure. like what it's like to celebrate as you know, like a teammate, and yeah, you know. And I we didn't get the video of that, but I can already tell that some of those are Debo running up to Brock Purdy and 100%. yelling in his face and yep. saying, "Yeah, you're a dog," or yep. "What a throw" and stuff like that. And that's you know that that's real stuff. Like yeah. that's that's not that's not just fluff. Like that is real building chemistry, and and that that's a good sign. Like you know you could pick one of I guess there's somebody in the end zone, so one of 
eight or nine people to go celebrate with. And if you choose to go celebrate with your quarterback, I think, you know, maybe I'm, I'm reading too much into it, but I feel like that's, that's not nothing that shows that those guys have a, a legitimate rapport that, you know, I think is, is a really, really good thing to have between a number one receiver and a quarterback. I mean, look at, you know, the Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs relationship, mm-hmm. if that thing's not a, a solid legitimate relationship. Things things start to get impacted on the field. So again, just another sign of, of things going in the Niners' direction. For sure, and of course, and also my favorite part is Debo didn't catch any of those touchdowns. No, none of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I most had, wide receivers he have like would, three catches. Something like most yeah. wide receivers would be like, "Where's my love? I'm not right. getting my catches. I'm not getting my touchdowns." No, he didn't care. He was he sounded just as happy than as if. He was catching him. And again, I think he's just sitting there going, look what fell into our laps, and I'm going to let this guy know. Because, I mean, I don't think he – I think Brock had irrational confidence before he even had this start. For sure. Is like that's kind of the stuff that I've heard. Yeah. Is that – Quiet confidence, he, yeah. But he but has the swag quiet, or really, whatever. Yeah. Well, now it doesn't have to yeah. be. But I'm saying I think he had it even before, which is part of the reason mm-hmm. why he got put in there. I do have one buddy that claims even last year in the preseason mm-hmm. – he said that he wanted Purdy to be the quarterback because of what he saw in the preseason. Yeah. And he's like, so he kind of claims that he, you know, he called it or yeah. whatever. Hey, but. Emil also was uh, was really big on uh, Brock Purdy in, in training. If I'm not mistaken, Nate, I don't know. Oh, Nate's busy. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like if I'm not mistaken, Emil was, was really early on Brock as well. Just, just not even, I, I don't know if it was necessarily like you're saying the confidence stuff, but I, I think there were signs of this guy's got some poise and there's something there that, that people – might not be able to see, and of course now we're seeing it in full display. Yeah, for sure. And he does this. Uh, let's let's play this next sound as we just um, kind of put a bow on drinking Cowboys tears. But you're going to hear from a bunch of people here. You're going to hear from Trent Williams, Kittle. You're going to hear from a whole bunch of people. But let's play that. Gotcha. Yeah, so uh, at one point, there is George Kittle just screaming at the crowd, just nothing in particular. And then at one point, some one of the fans yells that Fred Warner's the best in the world. And yeah. then that's when you hear the bro voice from yeah. Bosa. And he goes, that's an understatement. <laughs> and it was just, they were just delighted. I mean, yeah. what was there to do? It's just, I can't remember. Usually in a win, I guess in blowout wins, this is probably pretty common. Yes. But usually sure. even when you watch a win, guys are like, you know, they get excited or whatever. But this mm. was almost like a party. Yes. Because it was such a blowout. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's what, that's what happens. That's what you get to do when, when, you know, you beat a team that's one of your biggest rivals when it's on Sunday night football, when, you know, again, everything we've listed out in the in the ramp up to that, when the Cowboys are, are clearly coming out with a, a level of focus and you can tell that that team was ready or what they thought was ready for you and you can just roll over them. That's just guys that, – that's that's when this sport becomes a game. Mm-hmm. Like that, the, 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 Those are those guys just out there having fun and, and living the best life that they can. Smiling they, ear to hey, ear. That's, yeah. that's how you know things are going good. Like, it, they're 5-0. and oh, They don't they don't have any signs of slowing down. And, you know, this is exactly the amount of fun that they should be having. You know, you can definitely win games and not be having fun as a team. I don't think the Eagles are are over there having a, having a party on the sidelines during their Sunday game. So, no. I think this is, a, again, just a – 
really good sign that this team's in a really, really good place right now in pretty much all aspects of the game. Yeah, I mean, to the victor goes the spoils. Right? But, I mean, again, I just I, it, it was just contagious for me to watch, especially my favorite is Trent. I think he's my favorite. I don't know why I love him so much, but he's so comfortable with, I'm <laughs> sure, his contract and his yeah. level of play. And I feel like he just he kind of puts off I'm the best at oh, what I do, sure. and I don't know if you've seen him post game, but he's got like the biggest chain yes, I want to say in the NFL. Seen, yeah. Well, I mean, when you're a big man, you got to have a big chain. You can't yeah. have like a small chain. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was just nothing but nothing but fun. And I think I, I I don't know if it'll be a blowout like this. That's kind of what I think the reason why Dallas is getting so much flack is because I don't even think the Niners are going to beat the Browns that badly. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... And going into each game, if I were to tell you who's better, Cleveland or Dallas, you would say Dallas. But also maybe the Niners really got up for this because they knew it was Dallas. And not that they'll take Cleveland lightly, but certainly, yeah, it's just uh, one of those things where it's just going to keep rolling. And that's why, you know, the only way you're going to really be able to gauge this team is when you see some sort of adversity, mm-hmm. which is why I said going into the game, I was like, I hope for Niners fans' sakes this game is close. Yeah. But they probably don't care. They'll take it no, this way. They'll, take, they'll yeah. take blowout wins every single week. For sure. All right, coming up next, Kings fans, you have two players that are the top 23 in the NBA. I think you know who they are, but we'll tell them and the guys around them. We'll do that next. Zachariah, Chris Watkins right here, Sacktown Sports, 1140. Local. Live and local. This is Sacktown Sports. In his defense, I am kind of like a crow. In what, in, in what way? No. Way. Like, I'm, uh, just, I'm trying to help him out. Like, yeah, yeah, I squawk a lot. I squawk like, a lot. How it could be a positive. Yeah, it's yeah. Really, I mean, crows are... I was just trying to help him out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I appreciate uh, it. <laughs> just let him drown. Yeah. <laughs> let me drown. Let me die. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Sacramento. He's Chris Watkins. I am Zachariah the Crow, and this is Sacramento. <laughs> this is Sacktown Sports 1140. Coming up at 12... Or, I'm sorry, 1045. We do it... He's got me all flustered now with I his know. crow. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm blaming any mistake I make, I'm blaming on you moving mm. forward. Uh, but we have fun in the 40s. It's where we go around the wacky world of sports. It took Dylan Brooks all but five minutes yep. to show why he is Dylan the villain. It's really impressive. Uh, yeah. He's got talent. <laughs> so we'll have fun in the 40s coming up at 1045. But right now, Chris... See, again, I, 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 I got, can't emphasize this enough. I just I want to call you Chris for every time, but I'm mm. not doing it. I'm not doing it. Um, yeah, Fox no. and Sabonis, right next to each other. Yep. Which, okay, if it was just that, I wouldn't think it was totally abnormal. Right. I mean, because they are two really good players, yes. which I guess if you want to. But here is where ESPN is just messing with the city of Sacramento. Yeah. Who is... One slot ahead of both Fox and Sabonis. Yeah, I mean, this is is the devil's work right here. Uh, Fox is 23. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Demonis Sabonis, number 22. Okay. We know and love those guys. They also have Demonis Sabonis listed as a power forward, which is interesting. Because he got first team all league as a center. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sorry, third third team all league. Um, At number 21, Uh as you said, right Uh in front of Domas and and De'Aaron Fox Mm -hmm. is 
Of course, because we can't escape this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Oh! Tyrese Halliburton. That guy. I remember Who him. Conveniently also rose a very significant number of spots in last year. Like, they could have definitely put him anywhere else besides here, but they it is very, very much pointed uh, that they put Halliburton in front of both of these two. For sure. I mean, that link is going to happen for... I mean, I don't know when that's ever going to be put to bed. It's not. I'm trying to think of past sports trades where it's it just that hang, it it's just that tied in long, yeah like yeah. they know that that person was traded for that because like person, yeah. i was thinking even like the uh the trey lance trade sure right yeah. i remember seeing a graphic where the dolphins got right like Tyree bradley Kill, chubb and bradley Tyree, chubb yeah. and uh jalen waddle right just for that just from that trade right but people don't really like when Tyreek Hill scores a touchdown, they don't go, right. what did Trey Lance do? Right. You know what I mean? But in this Maybe instance... Maybe they should. But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should. In, in theory, you could. But I feel like with these two, it's always going to be tied at the hip. Yeah, but, always. And the part that I don't get about it, maybe you can help me out. Uh-huh. You were more near and dear to the situation when it actually took place. But they don't play the same position. Who's that, De'Aaron Tyrese? No, uh, Domas and Tyrese. Oh, right. Yeah, no, they play complete opposite positions. So, like, why is it such a tie-in? I mean, I I realize they were traded for each other, yeah. but it's not like it was guard for guard. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the, 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 the fact that I think it's what it represents. It's more like Tyrese is this young flashy point guard who, mm-hmm. again, is, is you know, the Kings only had him for a, a full year and then traded him halfway through the second one, and then Sabonis was just kind of this established product, and mm-hmm. people had felt like he'd been in the league for, you know, a good handful of years, though he's only 20, what is he, 27 now? They were probably Still adding young. his dad's years exactly. in the NBA. Exactly. No, <laughs> I really do think that there's a portion. <laughs> they of, like, see the name, they're like, oh, I know yeah, Sabonis. He Sabonis. played for the Blazers, right? There's nothing exciting <laughs> about his game. Like, he's yeah. not flashy. He's not throwing a, down some spectacular dunks or mm-hmm. blocking anybody or anything like that. His game is very much... Much like Brock Purdy, honestly, where you have to watch it, I think, to truly appreciate what you're what you're seeing. And uh, he's got a little flash. He plays no, like point I mean, that's center. Yeah, got, like yeah. there's some flair to it. But if you're just looking at the numbers and you're trying to understand like the prototype of what he is, mm-hmm. it's not something that's as exciting as a six five point guard who can shoot, but also you know Tyrese averaged you know near ten assists when he was playing last year. So. Yep. It's just I, I think it's more of a substance and more of a a symbolism of why would the Kings get rid of this guy who is presumably gonna be where the NBA is going towards and instead traded him for an old plotting center undersized center. <laughs> Easy like on it just plotting. Seemed, I'm just saying this that's is like this is what the narrative was I got heading you. I into got you. it, and I think that's why it's stuck for so long mm-hmm. is because it was meant to be a ha ha ha. Look at the Kings. Look at this decision they made that completely is going to backfire on them. And you know, I I just don't think they'll ever be able to escape it because I think even now people people say yeah, it's great that the Kings got what what they were looking for, but. You know, in in eight years, when Tyrese Halliburton's a five time All Star and you know perennial All NBA guy, will it make will it make sense then? And and you know, I, I think it's more just people waiting for the punchline to drop. Essentially, is is long story short. Do you think it's Do you think it also has to do with the era that we're in and the era that we're in? People put a lot more emphasis like. Back in my day, as I age myself again, but it was like Patrick Ewing, Hakeem Olajuwon. You know what I mean? It was like all about the center. So like in that day and age, if you made that trade, 
the fan base would be really excited. Yeah. But nowadays, it's more about the wing guys. So you oh, think that sure. that's part of it? Oh, for sure, definitely. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's it's the fact again that that you you trade a guard where he he can shoot, he can pass, he can put the ball on the ground, and centers just aren't the wave anymore. I mean, they're they're. I think the big man is is making a, a slight comeback in the NBA, if you will, but. You know, not it's it's the Giannis's, it's the Jokic's. It's not a, a again a six ten center who who you know doesn't have a very high vertical. Like that's that's just not the the prototype that you would expect a team to to move for in this in today's day and age. And also with trades these days, it's really hard to track individual for individual because to your to your point that you said earlier, like a lot of the times this is. You're trading Tyrese Halliburton for picks four years in the future and mm-hmm. young players, and it's not directly okay. This guy's ready to produce now for this guy yeah. who's ready to produce now, yeah. and so you can truly have the the clash and the juxtaposition of what this guy's doing now versus what that guy's doing now. And you know, it's just it's it's a fun story to tell, and there's not really many trades that that have a story to tell. A lot of the time, again, it's it's a pretty lopsided story, and so I think the fact that there is almost constantly some meat on the bone to talk about from that trade is is the reason why people still talk about it, frankly. Yeah, and I, I guess the reason why I'm confused by it, because at least from me, from afar, mm-hmm. when I saw that trade go down, I was like, I get it. They don't have a guy like Sabonis. You could say that Fox is kind of like Halliburton. They're right next to each other sure. in these rankings. So I would have thought the fan base would have been more happy with the trade because you're bringing in a guy that's not like the other guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think that's not taking into account like the emotions of the fan. Like the fans were this is it was Sacramento in the in the midst of the playoff drought. Like mm-hmm. they weren't thinking about, you know, they were thinking, okay, here's this again, uh, this young point guard that we can groom and have in our future and this is a great building block to have especially for this franchise that has a history of drafting Thomas Robinson, Ben McLemore, Nick Stauskas, Willie Cauley-Stein, do I need to go on? And then you finally hit on a guy that you got at 12 that really had no business being there, and then you trade him? Like I, I think I got you. it's more just— So it, sh- it wouldn't even matter who they traded him for. Not real. I mean, no, not really. It's it's the the sticker shock of why are you trading this young guy when you guys rarely get good ones, and then you finally get a good one, and the first thing you do is ship him off. Fans were scared, and I think rightfully so. I mean, the track record of this organization was that's a really <laughs> big you. risk and a really big swing to take. I got when it. We now. just don't know what we're getting back, and people love Tyrese Halliburton. Mm. I'm I'm personally not somebody who was massively high on on where his ceiling is and I think he's even already exceeded the expectations I had for him but people really really think Tyrese Halliburton I mean he's 21 on this list like Mm -hmm. people have very very high expectations for Tyrese and and I think that's another major reason why people were so hesitant to accept the trade is because they really believe that this guy could be the guy that he looks like today. Yeah, I just, I guess I would think that the Kings fan base would be just as jaded with the Kings' history of drafting as they would be with trading. So 
why so right. much put you know why put so much emphasis on this guy but from the website why he rose 38 spots Halliburton made his first all-star game averaged 20.7 points and 10.4 assists and shot 40 percent from three before signing a five-year rookie max extension making him the face of the Pacers he has emerged as one of the league's best passers here he nearly led the league in assists averaging 10.4 per game just behind James Harden of all people mm-hmm. his league best 10.7 and earned praise for his playmaking with Team USA this summer. So, mm-hmm. lots of good stuff on him. Let yeah. me ask you this. Do you agree that Domas is one? I mean, it's only one slot. Sure. But don't you think most people, if you were to ask them who's better, Domas or Fox, mm-hmm. most people would say Fox? No? I think most people would say Fox, but I personally, I, if we're just going off of performance of last year, mm-hmm. I've been on record of saying I, if I had to give out an MVP for the regular season of last year, I would have given it to Demonis Sabonis. Okay. Like, I think De'Aaron Fox was incredibly important in the fourth quarter. He obviously averaged the most points um, of anyone else on the team, but the offense didn't go without Sabonis. They were so heavily reliant on on his passing ability and him uh, being, again, the north star of that dribble handoff game where it wasn't just about the points he would get or the rebounds he would get. It would be the amount of times he set up Keegan Murray for an open look, the amount of times that he set up Kevin Herter for an open look, the amount of times that he would run that pick and roll with Malik Monk. Everything that went well for the Kings last year was largely centered around Domas, and Hmm. so I have no issue with him being 20. Again, I know the flash and the flair isn't there that you really get with De'Aaron, but for me, when it comes to importance and value, I, I just think that this team would have a lot harder time surviving 10 to 15 games without Sabonis than they would 10 to 15 games without De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, for sure. And look, I know that as a fan base or as media members or as their organization from top to bottom, the players, the coaches, all that, you're not supposed to focus on last year, Mm -hmm. build upon what you did last year. But let's just real quickly, once again, reflect on just how great last year was because – one of the blurbs from here is one huge question for the season. How can he? Uh, how can Fox follow up his breakout year? He was a first-time All-Star, named to the All-NBA third team. He also won the inaugural Clutch Player of the Year award. His coach, Mike Brown, was named Coach of the Year. Fox's general manager, Monty McNair, was named Executive of the Year. Sacramento is looking to take another step forward. To do that, Fox has to take another leap as well. Because you mm. and I have talked about, like, who do we think needs to take? Sure. And it's, it's, it seems crazy to say Fox or Sabonis, but yeah. maybe it is Fox going from one of the best players to, I mean, like, top five player. Sure, yeah. I mean, that, that to me is the – I think the leap comes a lot more easily or naturally to a guy like Keegan who has a lot of room still to grow. I think if De'Aaron is to take some sort of leap, it would have to come – in my opinion, like it would have to be from behind the arc. He would have to start hitting yeah, threes at a 35 not, to 36% yeah. clip. And then, you know, can he can he do what he did in the fourth quarter, in the first quarter, in the second quarter, in the third quarter? That was really the big, big talking point from last year as well is, yeah, it was great when De'Aaron would have these 15 to, you know, 20 point fourth quarter performances, but mm-hmm. It's also pretty cool when you when you're you know and not to you know try and slam De'Aaron because you know everybody was was not taking their turns but everyone knew what their role was. Um, but can he you know can he score ten or twelve in a second quarter in a first quarter? Like did it always have to come down to him saving himself essentially to, <laughs> to have more stamina than everybody else in the fourth quarter? I think that's that's a real obvious place where he can maybe develop is just having more impact throughout the game so you don't need his fourth quarter heroics. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, coming up next, we do it 
every time around this time of the hour. Fun in the 40s. We all plead the fifth together. We play the greatest intro in media history. And Dylan Brooks, who got some revenge this summer, is already immediately pushing back on all the goodwill that he earned. He's pushing back and going back to uh, Dylan the villain. So we'll do that next. Um, He's Chris Watkins. I'm Zachariah. Sacktown Sports, 1140. Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Oh, yes. Ridiculing other people in the break. That's how we roll here. Chris and I. Chris and company. Zachariah. Sacktown Sports. 1140 coming up. Top of the hour. As we talked about with Jason and Crosstalk, Chris, we have a must-win game tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. National Television. NBA TV. Lakers. Kings. If they lose this, yep. look, I know I'm not going to be with you tomorrow, mm-hmm. but I, I'm going to be listening, and if yep. you don't freak out and hit yeah. the panic button tomorrow yeah. if they lose, yeah. I'm going to be disappointed. I've got my finger right over the button right now. <laughs> I'm ready to panic. In all seriousness. 0-2 start to the preseason? Can't oh, have my it. goodness. Can't have it. In all seriousness, uh, it'll definitely be on my TV. It's not competing against anything tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to watch specifically. We'll, we'll play some sound on Coach Mike Brown talking about Sasha and why he didn't get in as early as everybody was hoping that he did. He kind of called him out. A little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say he called. He did, like, specifically talk about his minutes and his role and what it would take for him to. But I, I wouldn't say, like, he challenged him or anything like that. But he, I would I guess calling him out is fine. But I, I yeah. don't want it to sound like, you know, Mike Brown was actively saying, like, yeah, Sasha's got to be better if he wants to get out there, you know. He kind of did say that, though. Anyways, we'll do that top of the hour. But right now, it is time for the greatest intro in the history of media. And it's time for us to have fun in the 40s. Now, on Zachariah and Watkins, I plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. Five. One, two, three, four, fifth. Anything you say, fifth. Yes, indeed. And we will start with Dylan Brooks. I want to go back to the 39 that he dropped, though, in the third place game yeah. against uh, USA. Kind of redeeming himself. He became kind of a clown. Sure. I hate to say yes, I shouldn't did. use that strong of a word. Well, but he, is that def- okay? Yeah, I okay. think that's okay. I All think right. it's fitting for him. Uh, because he came out, Dylan the villain, yep. right? He had like a suit jacket, but no shirt underneath. Yeah. You know, he had the chain, DB. Yep. And then just had an awful series as they got rolled by the Lakers and he just looked bad he um, didn't he like not meet with the media yeah he didn't meet with the media after I believe he got ejected uh for hitting LeBron in the nethers and then uh yeah I mean he he really also poked the bear pretty no I think he didn't show up after they got eliminated and did poke the bear after he ejected LeBron. Yeah. He got ejected. For he said, him. I poked the bear. And yes. then the, you know, and then yeah. the, and then LeBron said something like, well, the bear, bear poked, poked back, back or right. whatever. Yeah. But the thing I had, the, I don't have a problem with any of that. Like I like the villains. I, I, as much as Draymond green is not a player that mm-hmm. I would like if I, if he wasn't on my team, yeah. if he's on my team, I love guys like that. Yeah. 
Uh, even if I'm playing pickup, I like a guy that'll do like the garbage work and sure. the dirty work or whatever. So that's not the part that I hated about Dylan Brooks. It was the not showing up. Mm-hmm. You can't do all that talking and then not face the music. So yeah. that's what I had a problem with. But he had a bit of a redemption game, dropping 39 again to help Canada get their first ever World Cup medal against USA. Oh, sick bronze. Yeah, and yeah, sick bronze in overtime. Hey, a medal's a medal. Uh, I'm not a participation. You're not first or last, okay? <laughs> okay, all that's, right. That's you're gonna the go, that you're gonna go Ricky Bobby on me. All okay, right. fair enough. Uh, I mean, I'm not a participation trophy guy. Yeah, exactly. But I do think bronze is, you know, a few metal. It's, it's legit. cute. Anyways, it did not take him long, all of five minutes, to undo all the good stuff that he did as he got kicked out of the game in the preseason. In the preseason. Mind really you. Impressive. For hitting a guy, as you said, again, in the neither region. Yes. Not great. Just not. Do you have his response to that? Uh, try to navigate a screen. Um, I might have tapped him below the below the waist, but um, you know he got right back up and I don't know. It's just uh, it's weird uh, that every time that happens to me, I get picked on. So, um, but I guess it's just a part of my reputation. You, you feel like you. Yeah, hmm. every time you yes. punch somebody in that area, yeah. that's not getting picked on. No. That's getting held accountable for your actions. Yeah, He's yeah. acting like, oh, this is something that every – it's like holding in the NFL. It's exactly. like everybody does it, yeah. but when I do it, I get penalized. It's like, no, no, nobody nobody really does that. Like, yeah. it's not even one of those – you played basketball. Like, yeah. it's not something that your coach would tell you. Like, hey, Zach, like, if someone tries to screen you, like – it's against the rules, but if you can get away with it, like yeah. just just kind of jab him down there. Yeah, like you know the the ref probably like that's not a thing that you're ever instructed to do. So I don't know why he's trying to you know pit this as some you know victim mentality kind of, or it is a victim's mentality kind of thing. And he he just this is <laughs> this is exactly why people don't like you, man. Is yeah. because you 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 do this. It, it Draymond used to do the same thing where you do this why me oh poor me thing mm-hmm. and it's like we all saw you as the kids say in 4K quite literally hit this dude and then you're trying to act like oh I I maybe maybe might have done it I guess I guess maybe um but I don't get why people are mad at it yeah. it's like like please Dylan you not point out all the people yeah, to us please. that's doing it and getting away with it post as a compilation if, please <laughs> I'd love to as if you're getting picked on yeah. uh, he did get himself 4 years and 80 million sure. from the Houston most of that because the Rockets were trying to reach the salary floor I believe but we'll see again that perform that's what made that performance for team Canada so shocking mm-hmm. like I didn't really think he had it in him I thought that that contract was one of the crazier ones in the offseason, but yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to earn the reputation of doing stuff like that. I no, mean, definitely not. Draymond, you can argue, cost when the Warriors set the record for most wins in a season, yes. cost them that series as yes. they were up 3 1. He got suspended for kicking Braun in the you know right. what, and then he had his dust up with Sabonis. Yes. Last year. I'm familiar. Where, I mean, it's like, you, you don't want to, you can have the reputation of being the tough, gritty defender yep. guy that does the, you know, what they used to call like the janitor work. Yeah. Remember the janitor? Yeah. Absolutely. Brian Cardinal. Shout out Brian Cardinal if you're listening. Yeah. Um, you can do that and not have a reputation for being a dirty player. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. But also, you have to understand that when you do get labeled that dirty player, this isn't one of those instances, but you will get watched more. You will get scrutinized more. Mm-hmm. And like you will 
get treated differently by, a, by not only by by fans but also by officials as well like they're going to be actively looking, looking yeah. for that stuff yeah. because you have the reputation of doing it and to your point like ask Draymond about it Draymond will tell you that he feels like he gets a, a different layer of attention that that others don't get but frankly I mean you could also argue that it, it works in your benefit as well I think Draymond has done a great job of leveraging that reputation he has and allowing himself to to talk to referees. There's a lot of times where, and this is weirdly became a Draymond conversation, but like there's a lot of times where Draymond will yell at officials, like scream at officials and doesn't get a tech or anything. And I think it's, it's, I mean, that, that, that part is just interesting to me. I, I don't know how I got onto a, a tan- no, side tangent fine. about think, Draymond, but to I me, that's like, that's ways. where Dylan Brooks is heading towards yeah. is just extra attention that, I don't even think he's going to get the benefit that Draymond gets because Draymond at least is a three-time champion. If Dylan Brooks is just kind of known as this, you know, I'll I'll put basketball in front of it, like a basketball thug, Mm -hmm. like he's going to get penalized and and treated differently. And also when you self-appoint yourself the the nickname Dylan Dylan the the villain, villain, then yeah, of course. Don't love it. It Gives me a little bit too Dennis the Menace vibes. Yeah. I don't don't think that any, I don't know, it's just a little corny. I hear you. All right, coming up, top of the hour, big game tonight, Sacramento Kings, Lakers on national television. We will uh, break it down, and also we have an explanation from the head coach on why Sasha didn't get in as quickly as I think fans were hoping for. We'll do that next. You're listening to Chris Walk and Zachariah, Sacktown Sports, 1140.